when you see people walking outside wearing a mask, when they should be exposing themselves to the air, which is how we build our immunity. These are all irrational behaviors, and this is, seems to be one crucial aspect of, of, of mass formation. Hello and welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. You know, today we are so beset by confusion because everywhere you look, you don't know who to believe. Do you go this way or that? Well, something's come up of late that's been very interesting, but who knows what to make of it? It's called mass formation psychosis. We've heard it talked about by a Dr. Desmet. Dr. Malone has raised it, Dr. Peter McCullough, some of the known voices. I wanted to talk to somebody who is a known figure, at least in the faith world, who we can trust. A professor from the Franciscan University of Steubenville, a professor in the Department of Psychology, he actually has a PhD in neuroscience and actually a background in pharmacy as well. He was a pharmacist. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this discussion about mass formation psychosis with Dr. Stephen Samut. Please stay tuned. Dr. Samut, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. First of all, if you could explain to us, what is this new phenomenon? This is mass formation psychosis. What is it? Is it a well-established uh, uh, teaching already? Is this something new? What is it? If you could explain, explain it to us, please. Mass formation is a kind of mass hypnosis in a way. You can look at it uh, where society, a, a big percentage of society becomes, starts following a particular narrative without any uh, reasoning behind it. It's, it's an irrational following that doesn't involve uh, real thinking, the utilization of our intellect. Uh, it really isn't a new concept. Uh, there's uh, the psychologists that, you know, for example, Gustave Le Bon, who addressed this, uh, and that was just before the World War, World War II. So this is not a, uh, a new concept. It's, it's basically a formation of a herd from humans, and we shouldn't be acting uh, as a herd. Uh, it really explains what went on in Nazi Germany. It explains what happened in, in many of the communist countries, and really truly explains how people just become accepting of things that they shouldn't accept uh, that are being imposed upon them uh, very often in the form of government impositions such as what I, I mentioned. What is different, I guess, about mass formation is that if you look at the literature, the scientific literature, you don't actually find too many papers on mass formation. And this is because mass formation is actually made up of many concepts. As, as Dr. Desmet from Ghent University addresses, there's several requirements for mass formation to take place, and those require many aspects in society to come together at a crucial point that then leads to mass formation. If you could go through them, what are the elements to mass formation? How should we recognize this? What, what do we have to see to understand that it's happening? I think one aspect that is clear in all of it is irrationality irrational arguments. However, as you indicated uh, earlier, one aspect that is problematic is how do you find the truth? But irrationality plays a significant role in this regard. 
Uh, in fact, uh, Dr. Uh, Gustave Le Bon uh, himself addressed how basically people who become part of a crowd, because that's what you're doing, crowd formation is another term for this, uh, people who become part of a crowd lose their distinctiveness and also uh, start acting in a more primitive way. And the more primitive way is more of the lower brain, uh, which is more impulsive, uh, less rational. Uh, so one of the aspects that we need to look for is irrationality. If I may give an example from this pandemic, for example, if we start listening to aspects where people refer to a pandemic, pandemic of the uh, of the unvaccinated. That just does not make scientific sense. It, 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 it's irrational. When you start seeing people wearing, a, with all due respect, wearing a mask in a car when they're on their own, when you see people walking outside wearing a mask, when they should be exposing themselves to the air, which is how we build our immunity, these are all irrational behaviors. And this is, seems to be one crucial aspect of, of, of mass formation. The other aspect also is the uh, abandonment of, uh, 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 in a way, of communi community and yet the forming of a community. But it's the wrong kind of community that is formed. There, there is a wrong form of connectedness that takes place. It's not the human, social, good connectedness that we should all have. It's, it's a connectedness that is associated with either an ideology or a, a, a false teaching, or some sort of a teaching, or a, a, a leader that suddenly comes out and, and, and is leading the mass in this particular, in, in this particular uh, direction. So there's, the, uh, there's that aspect also. So there's irrationality. Then there's the aspect of uh, uh, the formation of a leader, of a concept that draws the focus of people from anything and everything that is going on around them solely to it. And that is exactly what we've seen with, uh, with COVID. Uh, and Dr. Desmet talks about this also. And, and for those people who have been watching this progress, would have, they would have seen how I've often complained, for example, how it seems like people have focused on the virus particle. Can it pass through a mask? Uh, what, the, yet the virus particle is not everything. The, 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 we've forgotten the, the consequences on humanity. So that, that, that narrow-minded focus is another uh, aspect that distinguishes it. And I think you could probably recognize from the points that I've mentioned that these are all aspects that we have been observing with regards to what is being called the COVID pandemic. Dr. Desmet and Dr. Malone, they outlined sort of four requirements to get to this situation of mass formation psychosis. Um, what are those and, and how have we seen them all play out? One is lack of social connectedness. Now, things like this don't happen suddenly. So in terms of explaining how we have seen them play out, we have seen social media, you know, cell phones, people on their cell phones. I mean, you speak to a chiropractor even, he'll tell you that one of the issues that he has to fix most is because people are so much looking down at their phone. So there's this isolation that we, are, uh, we have created in society. So there is a social disconnectedness um, that, has been, that has been lost. Uh, lack of meaning. Desmond calls it uh, meaning-making, sense-making, so a lack of meaning in life. As a society, we've become more secular and we've abandoned God. 
uh, in our society, as humans, realistically speaking, as creatures, uh, we, we, we referring to each other uh, has a limit because we're referring to a person or a being that is, in a way, equal to us. Uh, and, and there's a limit to how far we can go in terms of how much that person could potentially help us, for example, or how much they could even understand us. Uh, this lack of meaning then, you know, being not being able to look towards a greater being than us as a reference point that is unmovable, unchangeable, and we can refer to constantly without any potential uh, difficulty, let's put it that way, uh, not that it's not difficult sometimes to approach God, not because he makes it difficult, but because as humans, uh, sometimes it's intimidating and sometimes we're just obstinate. Then there's the uh, a free-floating anxiety. As a society, over the past 60 years, anxiety and depression have skyrocketed. Uh, the amount of prescription medication that is given for this is phenomenal. And we see it. I, I mean, we I've published a number of papers. We have another one actually coming out in relation to COVID and mental health. But we see a significant amount of anxiety even among our, our students and in society in general. So a free-floating anxiety. And again, this is potentially uh, associated with the previous point of lack of meaning in life. Because if you don't have a purpose in life, then you're going to be anxious. You're going to be insecure. The next aspect that he talks about, the fourth point, is free-floating aggression, frustration. Uh, and, and this is a result of potentially all of the previous points that I've mentioned. If I'm on my phone a lot, if I don't communicate, if people don't understand me because I'm on my phone and my communication is not the way I would express it, then there's going to be uh, frustration. If I don't understand what my meaning in life is, there's going to be frustration. If I have anxiety that I feel I can't control, there's going to be frustration. So those are the four points. So just putting them in single words, lack of connectedness, lack of meaning, uh, free-floating anxiety, and uh, free-floating aggression. I guess in, in the end game with this, you come to um, a... a they were speaking about a, a an ability to believe anything, to not question things, which don't make sense, the irrationality that you spoke of earlier. And then also we're, we're now coming to a, a sort of painting of an enemy. When, when we saw with the Nazis in particular, um, the Jews were painted as the enemy and sort of the, the, the solution was getting rid of them. We seem to be there as well with the painting of the unvaccinated as the enemy um, and the, the somehow great solution is for everyone to, to mandate the vaccines. What do, you, what do you make of that? Well, we're basically giving the people an idol. To, to compare it to the scriptures, it's like when Moses went up to the mountain and you know, the Jews went, went up to Aaron and said, well, we need to have a God. And that's that's what is happening. So one was we had COVID being put forward. Then we have the experts supposedly that tell us what we're supposed to. So you can see this is a dynamic God, if you want to call it. Uh, it it's a constantly changing because sometimes people catch on. And that's one of the things that you really don't want if you intend on controlling the crowd, on controlling people. We have experts. I mean, with some people like Fauci who will say, you know, I am science. 
I mean, when a person says, I am science, I mean, nobody knows everything in science. That is, you can't get any more arrogant than making such a statement as, as, as that. Um, so we have these, these false gods that are placed in front of people that, that continuously uh, cause the people to have some other focus. Because remember, the moment you are asked to look at your own insecurities, that's going to cause you anxiety. And that's what the people don't want. And this is why they keep on, well, we have the COVID pandemic. Okay, let's focus on that. Now we need to focus on who's telling us the truth and who's supposedly taking care of us. Next, if, if those things don't seem to be working, then we have to blame somebody. Um, anxiety is necessary for a mass formation, as is an enemy. And in that case, then you, you find the, the down-vaccinated, uh, irrespective of how irrational it is to, to blame the unvaccinated, you blame them. And who knows what's next? Even, I, I, even the constant variation in the variants that keep on coming out. Not to say that they don't. I mean, this virus, these viruses have been, coronaviruses have been around for many, many thousands of years. And they're going to continue being around. Um, it, it, they continue to vary, and that's how they 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 change. So I, I, I feel sometimes one of the first things that I had said when this pandemic supposedly broke out, I said, you know, it was, it's I find it rather interesting. If you had told people this is a flu pandemic, I don't think anybody would have cared. We've gotten used to the word flu. But think about it. If I tell you SARS-CoV-2, if you're not into uh, immunology, virology, you're going to look at this and think, oh, wow, oh, no, this must be some sort of a monster and then come out with COVID. Um, so th there's always this constant um, movement of, of, of focus in order to keep people from realizing the reality uh, and also just keeping them under, under control. One of the things you, you told me before the, uh, the interview that I'd really like you to address is some of the ways we got here in the first place um, and how, for instance, this relates to one of the great lacks in our society today, particularly related to fatherhood. As we have been progressing as a society or regressing, sadly, uh, it, 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 one of the aspects that has been clear is despite the fact that we've learned a lot, we've grown in knowledge, I don't think as humans we've really grown in sense or it, common sense as many people joke, although it really isn't. The joke is not so common after all. Um, so everything we do in life, everything that we do as a, as a functioning human being relates to each other. I, I mentioned earlier the lower brain. I have a model here. Let me just uh, pull it up. This is half a brain here. So when we talk about the upper brain, we're talking about the parts up here. The lower brain is down there. Um, the upper brain is the more executive function. The, 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 and and it, it is executive and function in the sense that it has to control what's going on in the lower brain. Now, when we talk about psychological disorders, all psychological disorders are basically an imbalance between the upper brain and the lower brain. Not that I'm going to go into psychological disorders, but what we've seen in society and what we've fostered in society is an imbalance between the upper brain and lower brain. Because be it if I'm enjoying a nice meal, be it if I'm in deep prayer and meditation, there's activity going on in the brain between the upper brain and lower brain that is either allowing the upper brain to control the lower brain 
or allowing their lower brain to run loose. So what we've seen in society with, for example, the increased amount of pornography, the destruction of the family, the attacks on the family, the attacks on manhood, uh, you know, where, where even members of Congress basically make it sound like it's criminal to be a man. Um, all of these aspects have affected the way our brain functions. Because, for example, in general, okay, at a quick look, if I had to look at a brain of a person with schizophrenia versus a person that has abused with alcohol, uh, I really wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference. You'll see a shrinkage in the upper brain. You'll see an increase in ventricular size, and the lower brain becomes more powerful. We've done that in society with our various addictions, be it shopping addictions, be it the pornography, increase in pornography, the, 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 these obsessions that people have, uh, the, the video games, uh, all of these feed into each other. There is absolutely no disconnectedness uh, it, it, between how the brain functions uh, and how we behave and how we ultimately, uh, how that ultimately affects even our spiritual life. So, for example, if I spend time meditating, I actually increase the capacity of the upper brain to control the lower brain. That's being shown in MRIs. On the other hand, if I abuse with drugs or if I use, if I'm a consumer of pornography, the lower brain will become more, more stronger. The, the aspect to keep in mind there is that, unfortunately, the way we, unfortunately, it's the way we were created, uh, the upper brain slows down in growth towards the age of about 25. It slows down. It's still capable of changing because otherwise we wouldn't be able to change our behavior, but it slows down in growth. But the lower brain has the capacity to keep on changing and changing significantly. And it, it keeps on wanting more and more and more to feed it. And, and so you, this is where you get the instant gratification. So once, once we become a society of instant gratification, where it's me, how I feel, what I want, and I want it now, then you're lowering your capacity to reason, increasing your capacity to be impulsive, and then making situations like this, the mass formation, which is more of a primitive form of behavior, easier to happen. You mentioned the fatherhood aspect. We know that, for example, families, most especially African-American families, we know from the statistics that the, the absence of fathers is part of the reason of the high levels of crime rates there. That, that Again, that is um, scientifically, has been scientifically shown. Even Obama admitted that when he was giving a talk in, in uh, Illinois. See, there is no contradiction between faith and science. Sadly, unfortunately, I think many of us Catholics have forgotten that aspect. Uh, we say we believe that, but we don't act it. Um, so the way we have been created to be in community, to have a family that consists of a mother, a father, and a child, um, of, a male, of a male, female, and a child, um, just to be clear these days, uh, is, is something that is actually not only an aspect of faith, but it is also an aspect that has been shown to be uh, uh, of great significance and for stability uh, and mental, positive mental health in society, even in science. So we've seen that in science. 
So this absence of fatherhood because of the increase, the breakdown of the family is, is really significant. And that's why we have a, a crisis of fatherhood in society. People look for the leader. This again goes back to the mass formation aspect. People will look for a leader for them to be led because they want to be led. So there is obviously an importance in terms of trying to preserve and bring together and keep together the family. That is obviously essential. But then also from the perspective of the church, unfortunately, I feel that we have a crisis of fatherhood even within the church. Because when, when we have a situation that is so irrational as this, where clearly you have, uh, in general, up to approximately age 65 or so, less than a 1% mortality rate. And yet we have lockdowns, we have the forced mask, mask mandates, we have the church closings, and the church is cooperating with this, and then we have the vaccine mandates, and that you see the church leaders uh, cooperating with this, it is rather disturbing because they truly are not acting as fathers, the fathers that the flock needs or the shepherds that the flock needs in order to be led, uh, led in the right direction towards Christ and towards uh, physical as well as spiritual health. Because when, when you look at the church closures, for example, when you have so many saints, I believe, I think St. Ignatius of Antioch said this, uh, who emphasize the necessity for communion, for the reception of communion. Uh, with the, the, the importance, as Catholics, we believe in so much in, in the importance of the sacraments, in, in our functioning as a spiritual, in, in spirituality as well as physical um, a, a being. Um, it, it, when, we, when you think about the importance and significance of that, uh, of those. And then you see churches closed. The church is not doing its duty in leading, or I should say the church leaders are not, because Christ's church is, is, is not the issue here. It's, it's the leaders within the church. Um, they, they are not providing the leadership that is necessary in order to maintain and keep the people focused on where they should be focused, on the faith aspect, because faith if you recall, I said the issues that lead to uh, mass formation include lack of connectedness. Well, when we go to mass, there's this community aspect. If you're depriving people of mass but telling them to watch it on TV, that is not the same aspect of community, the faith community that is so necessary for the, the, the same functioning, basically, of, of people. The meaning, sense-making. If people, people may pray at home, and hopefully they do, but when you give them, when there is a purpose of going to church, being with your community, being part of that sacrifice that is actively being offered in front of you, there's sense-making there, there is meaning-making there. In a way, you could say then the, one of the greatest enemies of the Great Reset or the, the, the plan, if you will, to go down this road to create a situation where you have this mass formation so that people basically aren't questioning anything and are looking hungry for uh, some kind of ultimate leader is actually the faith. <laughs> and that's probably why it's so threatening. Absolutely. In fact, Desmond himself refers to that because when he was asked, uh, why do people succumb to this or who, in a way, are the proponents 
uh, of this. One of the things that he referred to, he said he he, he spoke about the fact that the num the people he's met that are proponents of this are uh, more mechanistic, biological, reductionist, transhumanist mentalities, and these these are obviously contrary to our our faith. Um, so in a way, he hinted towards the aspect of the necessity for for faith without saying it directly. Dr. Samut, thank you so much for being with us. Um, any parting thoughts for us as uh, as we as we go? It is necessary for people to keep on questioning, to keep on asking, to keep on seeking the truth. The truth, um, as my grandmother and my parents used to say, it's not a fruit that's going to fall into your mouth. You need to look for it. And it is difficult sometimes to look for it. But we must look for it because, unfortunately, even peer-reviewed journal, scientific journals and articles, even scientists, unfortunately, even some Catholic scientists are not telling the truth. So we need to reason. We need to look for the truth. We need to defend our faith. We need to fight for our faith. We need to fight for the sacraments. We need to desire the sacraments. We need to build our knowledge both in terms of the science, if you want to call it, and I mean that in the broadest sense, because obviously not everybody is a virologist, not everybody is a neuroscientist, etc. But we need to broaden and, and grow our knowledge in the truth, be it in the material world through science, but also certainly in our faith, uh, and ensure that we are uh, helping our faith, nourishing our faith and helping it grow. But we must continue to inquire because the moment we stop challenging, the moment we stop questioning, that is when the, the, the Great Reset, the mass formation has basically taken over and returning from it is going to be significantly difficult. Dr. Samut, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. 
Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.